0: Welcome back. We're in the second part of an incredible series that is going to change your life. And this morning, I want to thank God for giving me the opportunity. I don't know who you are, many of you. I don't know why you tuned in today. But I know that God made you tune in. I know that God has a burden for you, knows your life. He knows your situation and he wants to give you a promise and a hand to hold so that you can turn to him and your life will never be the same again. Can I ask the Spirit of God to help us understand what he is saying today? Father in heaven, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done for us. Thank you, O God, that your word has life and your word changes us. Lord, if there's anything about me that is not making sense, any words that are not carrying forward, would you go the distance to help my friend my sister, my brother, get you, understand you and receive from you this morning the power to change and the peace to replace the the storm. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Let's go back to the verse we started with. Isaiah 41, verse 13. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not, For I am the one who helps you. Somebody has to hear this today. Somebody, this is for somebody today. And if it's not you, then somebody needs to hear it through you. Isaiah 41 verse 13 says, For I, the Lord, your God, hold your right hand. It is I who to say to you, fear not, for I am the one who helps you. What an incredible verse. In fact, I built the whole series on this one beautiful phrase where God says I hold your right hand. How to hold God's hand as you heal through abuse? That's the story today. That's the topic for today. My friends, wherever you've tuned in today and my loved ones from my church and others who have followed with us in the ministry, I'm so glad that we could talk about this this morning. And I know for a fact that God has answers for you. There are two types of injuries. There's the one that happens and it just happened once in time or over a period of time, but it's over now. And now you're just healing from it or you've healed from it. And there's another. It's a situation where you're getting hurt and you're healing and you keep getting hurt in the same place. And you keep healing and getting hurt and being healed is an ongoing process where you now have accepted it as part of your life. Imagine you were getting bruised in one place. And as it heals, you get bruised again there. And as it heals, you get bruised again there. That part of you begins to scar. It begins to get ugly. And what you do is you begin to cover it up. And so much so that it now has been there for so long, it's become a part of you part of your life, part of your privacy, part of your story. It's become so ugly that you've covered it up and you'd rather not show it or talk about it. And soon you've understood it to be a part of you, part of your identity. You're gonna have to think about what I'm talking about. You're gonna have to figure out where this injury is in your own life. But that's what it's like living with an abuser. That's what it's like being in a situation where you are being abused day in, day out. You're being hurt and you're healing. And just when you've healed, you're hurt again. Some are relatives. Sometimes you're related to the person. Sometimes you're not related to the person. And this abuse goes on year in, year out, and you're living in that situation. Even worse, some of you have to be isolated and stuck during quarantine or during stay home. During this pandemic, you've been stuck in the home with this person. We're not asking you to change your life, to destroy your relationships, but we're asking you this morning, To consider whether you need to reach out to God and allow him to change your heart, heal your mind and heal your memories. Delhi, where I live, New Delhi, the statistics of the amount number of people who were abused in the home. Maybe it was always the case. But people started calling in during this time of pandemic, during this horrible time that we have been through. Where families are stuck at home, people are stuck at home and you're in each other's faces and people are allowed to kind of go off the rails, if you know what I mean. And there's always one person in the family or two in the family that, are, that, that live on the edge and their frustration is played out on every other fa- family member. And the bigger the family, the harder it is. And people have been calling out for help, domestic abuse calls. Have increased to thousands. This is a real problem. If you Google it, you will find out that domestic abuse and general abuse in the homes and painful and broken relationships have been on the rise. In fact, domestic abuse might be a bigger pandemic than what we're really struggling with. Could you be part of that? Or are you in denial? or maybe you're experiencing a part of abuse that you don't know is abuse. And that's what I want to deal with this morning, my friend. Physical violence causes external injuries. It can heal over time, but verbal abuse, that pain lasts forever. That hurts forever. Verbal abuse, words, phrases, names, yelling, screaming, shouting. Today we want to talk about that and God is extending a hand of help to you to hold on to. You may feel alone but you don't have to be alone. He is there with you. He is there with you right in the pain. He is there with you right in the pain. Psalm 23 says this, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God does not necessarily in this life take away our problems, take away the problem people, and take away the pain that we have. But God in this life walks through this life with us. You are with me. The psalmist says, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. You know, there are different types of abuse, right? And we always tend to demonize only the painful, uh, the very bad, sort of hurtful kind of abuse. When it's sexual abuse or when it's, when it's uh, you know, harassment or when it, when it causes a lot of injuries, So there's physical abuse and there's sexual abuse, there's verbal abuse and there's abuse of power, whether it's government or whether it's parents. Any situation where you know the other party can't fight back, you pull rank, you are bigger, higher, tougher, or you are the one paying the bills and you abuse that situation. That kind of abuse does exist, but it's not easy to pick up on certain other kind of abuses, a lot of behavior, we let it go because it doesn't categorize as abuse, but I want to categorize it as abuse today because little hurt over a long period of time destroys a person and we don't know who to talk to about it. Yelling is abuse. Yelling is abuse, raising your voice Creating loud noises in the house, banging this and banging that and throwing things down. It, it, it's, it's an animal instinct where the, 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 the aggressor, where the, where the powerful animal, it cripples its opponent with fear. It creates uh, uh, its presence by creating a sense of fear and giving out a scent of fear. In the whole house, it spreads that scent of fear. In the forest, it spreads that scent of fear. Abuser does that. And people in the family, people in that home live with a constant fear. And every now and then, they're spraying their scent of abuse because they want to mark their territory. Yelling is abuse. You cripple the herd by by a scream or a roar. By creating a, a kind of a loud sound which cripples everyone. That's not okay. That's abuse. Calling out names where you're constantly calling somebody. Somebody's calling you by a certain name. It's a derogatory name. It's a, it's a terrible name. It's a devaluating name. And it, it makes you feel terrible, useless. It makes you feel devalued. Sometimes it's a mother. Sometimes it's a father. Sometimes it's a friend or brother. And, and you get called by this name. And after a little while, you haven't fought up for it. It now becomes your name. No, it's not okay. It is abuse. Or sometimes people just say, I think you are this or I think you are that. It is abuse. Threats, constant threats. Whoever in the home, whoever in the family, whoever in the office, who's constantly threatening. I will do this. I will let you have it. You will know this. I will give you. I will get back to you. You will not see the end of this. Constant threats. You know what's even worse? Spiritual threats. When some people or parents start using scripture. God will let you just see. God will make sure. God will punish you. God, How dare. How dare they use this. Jesus Christ died for our sin. He paid, He took the punishment of all sin for all men. There is nothing left that God is angry with. Jesus took God's anger and he took it upon himself and all is done. And who are we to call down the wrath of God on anybody, to be prophets of doom? So that is abuse. That is abuse. Sometimes there's constant comparison. When we're highlighting our children, highlighting our people, highlighting our spouses highlighting their, their weaknesses or their ugly uh, side of, of them or perhaps a physical feature like short or tall or dark or fair or anything like that. Color or, or, or mannerisms, we're constantly calling out in front of the whole family, in front of relatives, in front of uh, loved ones, we're calling out the weaknesses of a, of a family member. That is abuse. And you may have struggled with that abuse. You know, walking around the house is... Uh, walking around the house angry just angry beaming out negative vibes of disappointment or dissension many families have one person who's who's just always angry and the whole house is filled with that scent of fear that is abuse maybe you're living with that that is abuse any kind of behavior where you're constantly wanting the rest of the family to know that you're dissension or that you disagree or that you are angry. This is all abuse. This is all abuse. Let me put it this way. If people have to be careful with their words, with their actions, with their postures, if people have to be careful in the house with their opinions while they're around you, If people have to be fearful while they're around around you, if people have to brace themselves for a barrage of of verbal abuse from you, they have to be prepared every time you come home to to be hammered with words, or they have to shield themselves from uncontrolled actions because they don't know when your arms will fly which way, then you are an abuser. But today I want to help the person who is feeling or who has experienced or has come under any kind of such abuse over a long period of time. And many of us have a victim mindset, which robs us of the peace and the promises of God, the power of God to heal and to move on. A victim's mindset, you know, they'll never really share what they're feeling. They'll never really tell you in most cases. They feel it's, it's their little hell to pay. Pay for what? Well, their own guilt about something they didn't do right. Something they didn't uh, give, something they didn't learn early in life. Every victim always feels in their own heart that they did something wrong and they deserve what they're going through. Two things you can always find in the the mind of of a victim. There's guilt and there's despair. And because of these two things, sometimes you won't reach out for help. But God loves you so much, he wants you to reach out anyway. You feel guilt, you feel despair. Maybe you're feeling trapped. You're related to this person, so you can't run away. Where do you go? Or perhaps you're dependent on this person. Where do you go on from a person who you're dependent on? So you take the abuse quietly. Maybe you feel it's your lot in life. This is what you deserve. This is what God has allowed. Maybe as a believer, you think, you know what? you You have been put in this situation because you need to pray for that person. You need to pray for that situation. And God has allowed you into that situation because it is your crucible of Christ formation. Many believers believe that they are in that situation and they need to sympathize with the abuser or they need to forgive the abuser. And God has put them in that situation. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. God wants you to heal. Some of you just make peace with the situation. And you'd rather deal with it in the quiet of your home than tell anyone. I know this is a tough topic, and I know it hits pretty close to home to a lot of families. If you're human, then it'll be it will probably hit close to home. Because all families are broken, all people are broken, and there is abuse in every home in one way or the other. You have to understand, my dear friend, it is abuse. It may not be as bad as others, it may not be result in in rape or, 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 or injury or bloodshed but it is abuse and God wants you to heal but you as long as you keep making excuses for the abuser you can't heal as long as you keep making excuses for the abuser you limit who you are in Christ If you keep making excuses, you limit what God can do through you. If you keep seeing the situation as your lot in life. When you explain this away as what to do, God has allowed this in my life. You rob yourself of the peace of God and the presence of God in your life and his promises. And you know what? Even worse, you groom your children to be abusers. When you allow abuse in your home, when you allow yourself to be abused. You groom your children because they realize this is how to control people. So the question I have to ask today is, are you doomed to that situation? Is there hope of any change? Are you doomed to the situation? Answer, no, you are not. There is hope. There is hope. Let me begin by telling you this. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 3. It's on your screen. This is the Bible. This is scripture. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 3 says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place watching the evil and the good. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, watching the evil and the good. So let me tell you two steps, two steps to healing. The first step to healing is knowing that God sees. The very first step, my friend, is knowing that God sees. God says, I see you. I hear your cry. No, I'm not allowing this. See, God doesn't choose the pain, but he does use the pain. And no, this won't go on forever. God is saying to you today, I see you. I hear your cry. No, I didn't choose this for you. And no, this is not going to go on forever. Let's look at a few scriptures. Job chapter 31 verse 4 says, Does he not see my ways? A man who went through tremendous loss, tragedy and pain. Does he not see my ways and number all my steps? Yes, God does see. Psalms 34, 14 says, From his dwelling from heaven, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. Proverbs 5, verse 21 says, For the ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord. Look at that. For the ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord and he watches all his parts. Jeremiah 32 verse 19 says, Great in counsel, mighty indeed, whose whose eyes are open to all the ways of the sons of men. Great in counsel, mighty indeed, whose eyes are open to all the ways of the sons of men. Giving to everyone according to his ways According to the fruit of his deeds, God is at work, God is watching, God is working, God is dealing and responding exactly according to the way people are, whether good or evil, God is seeing. The first step to healing is to know that God is looking at you, watching your situation, has seen everything, you are not alone and God knows absolutely everything you're going through from your heart to your health. Look at this beautiful verse, Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 17. For for my eyes are on all their ways. They are not hidden from my face. For my eyes are on all their ways. They are not hidden from my face. Nor is there iniquity, that sin, concealed from my eyes. God knows. God sees. God knows exactly what's going on. A second step to healing is knowing that God replaces God replaces. He replaces what the abuser takes from you. He replaces what the abuser displaces in you. What the abuser robs from you. These people who are abusers, they rob you. They rob you of dignity. They rob you of dignity. God will replace your dignity. They rob you of wholeness. God will reinstate your sense of wholeness. They rob you of your security. God will reinforce your security. These people take away your opinion, the value of your opinion. They take away your voice. God will give you back your voice. God replaces what they take away. God will reconstruct your broken confidence. Through the years, the words, the words, the words, the words, the battering, the battering, the calling of names, the constant putting down, the constant mocking, the constant bickering, the constant saying you are nothing, you are useless, you are stupid, you are, you are this, you are that, you will never make up to anything. You, uh, you know, nobody will listen to you, nope. the robbing of your dignity, the robbing of your self-worth over a period of time in those little, little words, God will replace your broken confidence. God will replace the names that they have called you. If they have called you stupid, God will call you wise in Christ. If they have called you useless, God will call you greatly useful in his hands. If they have called you good for nothing, God will call you good for him. In anything that they have taken away, God will replace a hundredfold. God will shift your source of of, of value to himself. Now you used to get your value from them. God will shift that value to himself. God will heal the years of pain and abuse. God will bring into your life people who will replace the people who robbed you of that. God will shield your heart for future abuse. He will shield your mind from further abuse. And God will give you pain. He'll give your pain a purpose. And God will give your pain a purpose, a meaning. He'll bring something out of all that you have been through. First he'll give you back what you have lost and then he'll make everything you have been through worth something. Why? Just because you put it back in his hands, because you reached out to him, because you took his help on it. Two steps just to get started. As you begin your journey of healing and that's all I have the time for but I will tell you how to go from here step number one you know that God sees he's been watching from the beginning step number two God replaces so you have to come to Jesus and say Lord this is what I've been through I need you to reconstruct me to replace all that has been lost in me let me tell you what the scripture says Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. See, God doesn't fix people. God doesn't fix broken people because God is the author of people. God created people in the first place. So when you come to him broken, he doesn't fix a broken you. He gives you a new you. He makes you a new you. In Christ, you are a new creation. He is in the renewing business. God is in the renewing business. Matthew chapter 6, he says, put God first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, come to me, come to me, search for me, come to me, all you who are weary, all you who are burdened, and I will give you rest. Rest is always from that burden. Rest is from that journey. Rest is from that pain. God gives rest from something specific he says come to me and I will give you rest I don't know which faith you come from I don't know what you have always believed so far and I don't know what your religion or your or your solution has always been but today I'm inviting you to Jesus he is a person he knows you in fact I know that he created you and that he has the answer to what you're going through and all he's saying is he has given you a name, Jesus, and a hand to hold. He has offered a hand of help. And you can ask him in that name and take him by the hand today. How do you do that? How do you take God's take God by the hand? How do you ask God for help and healing from abuse? Let me explain. Taking God's hand when you've been abused means... Letting God lift you, love you, and carry you through this. Taking God's hand when you've been abused means to let God lift you, love you, and carry you through this. This is one battle you don't have to do on your own. You don't have to fight this on your own. The Bible says God's mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Every day, he's going to have a dose of strength for you. He's going to have something to give to you. He's going to be able to shield you and protect you. See, the hand of God, how do you hold his hand? Because God's in heaven, right? The hand of God comes in two ways. It comes in his word and it comes in his people. It comes in his word and it comes in his people. As I close, I want you to think through this as your first steps to healing. Firstly, remember, God sees Secondly, remember, God replaces. So this is what God does. But what do you do? How do you take that hand that God offers? God's hand is his word. We call that the Bible. Everything he has ever wanted to say to you, everything that's ever been on his heart is right here. And as you begin to read it, you read the heart of God. He tells you his plans. And he tells you how he wants to heal you, how he wants you to to become a new person in Christ. When you pray with people, when you pray with others who believe God's word, you pray God's word with them and you are healed. When you listen to his promises, you understand that he is a promising God. He's a promise-keeping God and he's a God who is committed to your future. So there's God, God's hand in his word, his truth, his promises. And there's also God's hand in his people. God doesn't want you to just do this on your own. God wants you to do this with other people. There are other broken people. There are other hurting people. Will you have to tell people your your, your story? Maybe, but it will be for you, for your strength. We are better together. God's hand is in his people. So you need to reach out. You need to be willing to receive help, receive encouragement. You need to be able to relieve yourself of the responsibility, the guilt and the condemnation. Did you get that? Reach out, relieve yourself of the responsibility and receive help and encouragement. You can do this, but not on your own. You need God's hand and you need God's people. John chapter 10, Jesus promises you something amazing. The thief comes only to steal, to kill and to destroy. The thief comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. Jesus says, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Some come to take away. I come to give. Some take away everything. Jesus says, I give you everything. Abundant, abundant. So Jesus does this for you. God has rested all this healing in Christ. When you come into Christ, you come into healing. When you come by that name, you come into that healing. Are you willing to pray and ask God? Are you willing to ask in Jesus' name? Are you willing to ask to be received into Christ so that you may receive from Christ? Come on, you can do it. You can begin your healing today. It's very simple. We are God's people. If you go to our website, you would be able to connect with our community. Even in the comment section below, we have given you some links and we have told you where you could get help from. There are organizations, there are NGOs, and there is the church. And as you reach out and you relieve yourself of this this burden and receive this encouragement and support, we are here for you and we want to walk with you through this. So if you go to the website or if you call uh, or you text the number that's, that's at the bottom of your screen, or even if you respond to the links that are in the comment section below, let's begin this process. You need to get help. You need to have confidence. You need to speak up and you need to know that this is your right. Healing is your right. Living free is your right. Living peacefully is your right. And these rights being taken away from you are abuse and you have every right to it. No, God has not chosen this for you. God wants you to heal. Would you start that process with us? We are here for you. I know that this has been a heart-heavy sermon, a talk, and I know that this is scary, but we are together and we will hold your hand and we are God's hand to you. We are God's people. We have God's word and we are his people and you are not alone. You're not alone. Hi, I'm Jeremy Dawson, and if you liked what you just saw, if it was a blessing, then hit the subscribe button. Come on, you can do it. Hit the subscribe button, uh, hit the bell so that we know you want to hear from us. Lots of videos coming your way, songs, worship, encouragement. Come on, subscribe. Let's take this forward and share with somebody you might know. Write a comment in the section below, but let's see you guys again. Come on, subscribe.